This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everyone? It's the love, the jam, the podcast coming to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I am doing okay. I'm excited for the playoffs, kind of. And uh, it's just all kind of stressing me out. There's like a million different things going on. Uh, it's, it's a busy time of the year. The, the start of the playoffs is just insane. It's not quite as bad as free agency or the draft, though. The draft last year was crazy. I think I had like six articles on the day of the draft. It was just, oh my gosh. it won't be as bad this year because they only have two second round picks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy right now. Free, free agency is going to be insane. Oh, yeah. But- but, you know, I'm also kind of excited, kind of, for the Los Angeles Clippers. They just won 143-137 against the Utah Jazz in a game that nobody gave a shit about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but Grayson Allen cared very much. Oh, they yeah. 40 points. What? <laughs> Can you imagine if Jerome Robinson had Grayson Allen's, like, confidence? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, wow. People at the end of – people on Twitter were, were saying, like, oh, he looks like Lou Williams. And, like, yeah, I mean, he's, no. it's like overtime of a game where neither team – they're playing their third-string guys, and even the third-stringers don't give a shit. Like, yeah. he might look – like, a couple of his shots where he took those little pull-ups from the elbow were shots right. Lou Williams would take. But, like, don't tell me he looks like Lou Williams. <laughs> yeah, you but I, I think it's clear that the guy needs the ball in his hands to yes. be the most effective. And that's been kind of clearly shown these last handful of games that when he's just kind of walking or wandering around, he's not he's useless. He's yeah. useless. He doesn't really run off the ball. He doesn't run off screens. He doesn't really, really have even maybe the foot speed to do it. But he is a competent ball handler. He can handle with his left. He can change directions, runs a good pick and roll. He did get Zubat in good position, rolling to the rim a couple of times and at those nice elbow jumpers. He's clearly a good shooter, but he just has no confidence. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's hope yet for Jerome Robinson, but he's, this has been a failure of a season for him. Absolutely. If you objectively. There's no way around it. Let's hope that he can show up in summer league. I think summer league is kind of a big deal for, for Jerome Robinson. Hopefully he goes to it, takes it seriously and kind of makes a bit of a name because it seems like we kind of have to bring back Pat. And if we do, that's four guards right there. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, Shea is not going to summer league. I mean, he might no. be there just to like be with the guys, but like he's not playing in summer league. He's way past that. Neither is Shamit. Uh, you know, I'm guessing Motley and Delgado, if they're still with the team, will be there. But yeah, I mean, summer league should be, they put the ball in Jerome Robinson's hands and he shoots like 25 times a game should be what Summer League is for the Clippers this year. Uh, unless they make other draft moves where, like, they somehow get, like, legitimate draft picks. Right now, I think their picks are projected to be, like, 50 and 55th, which I'm guessing will be, like, Euro stash guys. You know, yeah. it should literally just be, you know, Jerome Robinson, Jonathan Motley. You're taking a ton of shots. We want to see what you can do. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's just the, the, the Robinson stuff, like – I still have some hope for him. Like, I'm not completely writing him off, but every time he does something positive, like Twitter, 
and the comment section erupts and it's just very irritating. <laughs> like, I guess I'm just not as much an optimist as people. But. I mean, he's been bad. Uh, there's just like no way around it. He's been very, very poor this season. He hasn't really shown us much. Very, very minimally he's shown us. He's shown us just enough to think that we didn't completely blow that pick and there's yeah. some hope. But aside from that, he's definitely not been anywhere close to Shea or Shamit. So. Oh, not even in the same like galaxy. Like He's not been Anthony Bennett rookie season with Cavs. No. You're just like, this guy is awful. I mean, Jerome Robinson can do some things on the basketball court, but yeah, the confidence needs to get picked up. He needs to work on, like you said, on his, even if they want him with the ball in his hands, he needs to work on playing off ball because he's not going to be good enough to be exclusively on ball. Um, definitely, even with that being said, he does need to work on like his handles and, and that kind of stuff. But anyway. Um, yeah, so, so enough about the Agua, Agua Caliente Clippers. <laughs> Talk <laughs> a little bit about the team. So really, there's not much to really take from this game. The, one of the big things I did take was that Patrick Beverly looked great in that first yeah. quarter. So that was nice to see him hitting shots pretty confidently. Zubat, of course, looked pretty good, but he was just playing against garbage players. He was catching passes, dunking with confidence, and he was just playing against nobody. So it's, it's hard really to say much about that. Shamit had three threes. I think he passed Steph Curry, didn't he? And as a, he did. He's fourth all time. Yeah. Awesome. Super cool. And uh, that was good for him. The bench looked a little bit better, but Lou Williams had an awful game. Uh, Trez had a bit more energy, which is good to see because yeah, he had been good. sick for a bit. So really not too much. Shea Gildas-Alexander is 80% from the free throw line. This has been a very important thing for me, for him to, one, average double figures, and two, shoot over 80% from the line, over or just as good as 80%. And he got to 80.00% on his second made free throw. Good for you, Shea. You're the best. You're the future. Um, Gallinari just kind of played – yeah, he, he clearly did not give a shit. <laughs> Which, honestly, I don't mind. Like, if the Clippers need to keep him healthy more than any other player, like, Absolutely. if they have even a remote prayer of winning, like, a game or two, it will be because of Gallo against the Warriors. So, right. like, I, I'm, I'm completely fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, props to the Jazz for making this game competitive. I mean, I don't think either team really cared about it. But still, their guys were pretty feisty. They probably could have gone away quietly multiple times in this game, but they played pretty well. So kudos to Utah. Um, they're going to get smoked in the first round, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, so the Clippers, On one thing that did matter, one thing that people did care about was Ralph Lawler. Ralph Lawler's last regular season game was last night, and – it was awesome. Bill Walton, who as soon as as soon as any long-term Clipper fan saw at that at the beginning of the season, Bill Walton was going to be on a broadcast. That was the game that we were all waiting for. Yep. It was the Bill Walton game. I was so excited. I've always loved Walton. One as a Clipper commentator, and two just in general. Even on NBC when he used to do games, just so colorful, so much fun, such positivity, such great similes and metaphors and just references and just. Great, great, great yeah. greatness. I love Bill, and it was awesome. awesome. He was he was so hyped in that first half, in that first quarter. He was just a ball of energy to the point where I couldn't be depressed about this game. I was very, and still am to an extent, depressed that the Clippers could have finished six, could have had a chance against either the, the Blazers, the Blazers who incredibly are third, 
or the Nuggets. Like, absolutely, you know, I would have loved that series. I think it would have been competitive. It would have been good for morale. Instead, we're going to get just crushing Warriors likely sweep. But, you know, it's still good for – it's still good. Everything is still gravy, but I was still really sad. I'm pretty sure you were too. It was kind of a, a sad time for a lot of Clipper fans. But this game was so much fun. The halftime ceremony was great. I was so scared because I fell asleep during the second half of this game out here in Iowa. I was super late. I've been working long hours. And I was really paranoid the next day that League Pass wouldn't have the recording mm-hmm. of the Fox Sports game. Uh, the, the prime ticket game, but they did, luckily, and I got to watch the rest of that tonight. Um, what what do you think about just that broadcast, Bill Walton, Ralph It was Walter. incredible. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm of two minds when it comes to, to broadcast, and this is actually something we've talked about with Don McLean, where some people really like him because he's more informative, though I disagree with a lot of his opinions, but he clearly does some research and – But, like, I want it to be more of an entertaining. And for people who want knowledge about, like, the game that's being played, you get zero from Bill Walton. Like, I think, (laughs) like, 2% of the broadcast was dedicated to the actual game. And it was mostly consisting of, like, dunk, you know, big man or, you know, who's that? (laughs) Stuff like that. Um, So good. It's Yeah, it's incredible entertainment-wise. But in terms of, you know, on the game, and I think there were some people who were disappointed. I saw a couple of people on Twitter who were a little disappointed that the Get broadcast out. had literally nothing to do with the game. No, please. But it was a joke of a game. I think if the game had actually mattered, there would have been a message to Walden to like at least somewhat care. If mm-hmm. one of the Thunder or Spurs had lost and the Clippers were legitimately playing for seven and not the Warriors, I think there would have been either Ralph or somebody with the Clippers would have been like, we need to actually talk about this. This is like a big game. Yeah. Um, But because it was completely pointless, (laughs) um, you know, outside of getting like a little bit of morale and momentum going into the playoffs, I think they were completely fine with it. So I had a blast. I mean, I think the stuff about the two-way player and like somehow like a porn site became involved. Oh my gosh. I was just dying. The, the, the commission, the art he made about the strange journey of Ralph Lawler. Oh man. Calling, uh, Lou Williams, Lancaster Gordon. Um, <laughs> repeatedly, not just once, but then he mentioned it like two oh more times. Like, Lancaster Gordon with the ball. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> um, yeah, was Chewbacca. Zubaka. I'm going to call him that from now on. Oh, my gosh. It's just like he's from the sand dunes of, you know. Oh, my gosh. Something. So was, good. Yeah. Um, so I, I do understand people who are like this literally, I mean, Ralph didn't get to do any of his game by game type stuff, like the kind of stuff that he's done so well for 40 years. There was none of that. But we got to learn a little bit more about Ralph and Ralph and Walton's relationship. And I think it was really cool. The halftime ceremony. I wasn't there, but Fox showed it and it seemed really touching and, and well done. Um, and people who were at the game said everything was handled really well. So I had a great time. And like you said, it really helped make up for what was otherwise an extremely disappointing night where the two games, the Clippers needed um, stuff to happen. It didn't happen. And then the Nuggets ended up in second anyway. So it could have panned out really well, uh, but yeah. they just missed. Yeah, it's it's super disappointing. There's really not much to say outside of that. 
And, you know, had the Rockets, the Rockets should have beaten the Thunder. And I think that if the Rockets would have won that game, they would have been the second seed and the Clippers would have been the seventh seed, um, which also yeah. would not have been the greatest. Right. It would have been better than the Warriors, but yeah. not the greatest. So really the best thing that could have happened would have been maybe OKC losing in Milwaukee, but Milwaukee didn't show up. No, Milwaukee didn't care about that game, unfortunately. Not at all. They played zero deep. I watched like a quarter and a half of that because at one point it was close I was like, yeah. maybe Milwaukee, and they just were not trying on defense at all. I think OKC set their career high in threes made. The, the Bucks oh were playing gosh. zero defense. Yeah, Awful. Yeah, I mean, it, it really just didn't work out for the Clippers. And, you know, you know, if the Clippers can somehow just make, have a couple of competitive games, I think the way the Clippers are playing, I don't think they would have beaten anybody, honestly, not even the Blazers. Um, unless, you know, there's a chance they could have made that series competitive. The Blazers, I think, are, are very undermanned without Nurkic. But Dame is so good. I, I just don't – I don't know. I don't know. The way the team is playing, you know, I think Dame and McCollum would have still had field days. So, I don't know if they would have even been anybody, to be honest. And that probably should be what we're expecting. I, I think the idea that the Clippers could win a series – is probably reaching a little bit, even against anybody. So maybe that'll make this Warriors <laughs> series a little bit easier to take down, yeah. knowing that the Clippers probably weren't going to beat anybody. And that's not any offense to them. They're just kind of undermanned. They don't have the star power. And yeah, stars win series. So um, anyways, this was a great game. The Ralph Bill stuff was awesome. It was really nostalgic. Um, I was just really... It's really, really happy to listen to this game and see Bill back. And I wish Bill did more games. He would have been so much fun. He's just a fun guy. I agree. I've always loved listening to him. And I think we'll have more Ralph stuff in the future. There's so much to talk about with Ralph, but he's not done yet. So there's no point really putting a bow to his career as a Clipper broadcaster just yet. As far as the Clipper season, I mean, what's there to say? They exceeded expectations by a lot, I think especially after the trade deadline, though, I think, I don't know what exactly we said, but I mean, I think both of us didn't think they would tank or fall apart just because getting rid of Gortat and Bradley, even with losing Harris and to a lesser extent, Scott, much lesser extent, Scott, obviously, Um, you know, but mainly losing Harris was offset a lot by, you know, cutting out Gortat and Bradley who were both just so bad for the Clippers and that's really been the story of the second half of the season is it's it shed the first half in, new, in a new light, not on Tobias Harris, but on it's really revealed even more than we thought how bad those two guys were. Um, yeah. Because Zubats, as, as good as he is and as fun as he is, he's not like a world-beating starting center. He's just a good player, but he's leaps and bounds better than Gortat. And the same goes for Beverly over Bradley. But we thought Beverly was better all year, and he's way, way better than Avery Bradley. And those two guys were easily enough to make up the dip from Tobias Harris to Landry Shamit. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, the season. I think if we're giving a grade, I'd give it like an A minus. I think just the last couple weeks put a little bit of a damper on it, and there were some down parts in the middle of the season as well. Yeah, um, the entire stuff with Avery Bradley really just irritates me to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and is literally the reason I would not vote for Doc as player as coach of the year. I mean, I'm fine with Bud winning it. I'm fine with like there are six or seven coaches. I'm I'd be fine with winning because it's just been a great year for coaches. But 
I would not put Doc first and it's because of the Avery Bradley thing. It's just, in hindsight, it's so frustrating that he played that many minutes. Um, you know, this team could have won an extra few games that way too. Forget about the Lakers game. They could have yeah. won three games if Bradley had played 18 minutes a game instead of 30 for, you know, the middle two months of the year. So, Yeah, Avery Bradley is just a garbage player. He's really, really bad. But um, he's gone. He's not a Clipper anymore. And I think, you know, initially when they traded Tobias and we, we got Shamit back and, and uh, that was the, really the crown player from that, that trade. At that time, I thought maybe the Clippers are semi-tanking. But then the following day, they made those amazing deals yeah. and legitimately thought that the Clippers weren't tanking, but not that they would be a lock to make the playoffs and then, of course, the Celtic game happened. It was so exciting. So just a fun season. Just been a really, really great season. Yep. That Lakers loss really put a damper on things. But, you know, the Clippers, you know, they lost to the Heat poorly. They lost uh, against the Hawks at home. They lost to the Wizards on the road in the game they that probably should have won. Yeah, that was but rough. They've had some bad losses. The Lakers loss was by far the worst one, oh, in my opinion. I, just, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> but there were some bad losses, and, you know, you have bad losses. I'm just trying my best, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting is I was talking about this with most – probably most fans of the podcast will know Bolts, a longtime Clips Nation commenter. I think now mostly lurks, but he's on Twitter – uh, and he, he was, you know, saying that because they got the eighth seed, he's still kind of disappointed they just didn't get the lottery pick. And, you know, I would agree with that if they hadn't played the young guys so much this year. But I think the fact that this playoff run has been fueled in large part by Shea and by Shamit and by Zubots, and even, you know, Trez is a bit older, but he's still a guy who could be around for a while. Because those guys are all getting big minutes and contributing, I don't, I don't, I don't mind, you know, like when the Thunder made that leap when they were really young, you know, back in God knows how long ago it was. I feel old. It was like, what, 2009 mm-hmm. when they won like 20 more games. To, like they went from like 25 wins to 48 or something. And they did it all with 21 and 22-year-olds. Like, you know, that's not quite what the season was, but it's, it's along the same lines. Like the Clippers were winning with young guys and – the fact that their young guys are good is a good thing. I wouldn't want them to tank just to get like the 14th pick in a bad draft and, you know, take away from that development. So I'm yeah. fine with it. You know, the missed pick and a lottery pick is always nice to have. It's a cheap, decent young player that you have under control, but this draft sucks. And, you know, it would have been the very end of the lottery. It would have been 13th or 14th, almost certainly. And you know what? I'd rather have those young guys get those minutes and those reps in big games down the stretch and, and in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm ultimately fine with it, even that if thund- it's beat by the Warriors. That Thunder team took the number one Lakers to a six-game series and almost won that six-game, too. I think uh, Westbrook or somebody had a three in the corner that would have won that game but missed. So that was a pretty exciting series, too. The Lakers won the championship that year against the Celtics, I believe, the defending champion Lakers. I think that was what it was. They definitely played the Lakers in that series, and that was a really great series, a really big moment for the Thunder. So Mm -hmm. I I think that there's definitely definitely merit. You never – I don't think this series will be competitive. I think we're going to get swept. But if we can somehow take the series to five or maybe even six somehow, super unlikely. But if you could somehow take the series to five or – or God forbid six, 
like what a what a way for this team to kind of get reps. Like that would be really incredible. Yeah. Even if they, even if they get swept, if there's one competitive game in this series, it'll be invaluable to the to the kids. I think I think asking for one win or like two to three competitive games is the most you could ask for. Um, yeah. I really don't think they win more than one game. I would be shocked. <laughs> I don't think I'd they're be winning surprised one. Surprised if they won yeah. one. Yeah, I, but I would be legitimately shocked if they won two games against this Warriors team, unless Steve Kerr did something crazy, like rested a different player every game or something just for fun. Like just for fun, <laughs> just like I'm gonna sit oh, Steph Curry man. in games two and five or something, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think you know I agree with you. If they win one game, it's worth it. If even if they get swept, if like two or three of them are at least competitive and hard fought, and the young guys show out on a national stage then it's worth it. And you know, the, the good and bad is, like I said in my brief article when the schedule came out, they're in all the primetime games. And yeah, it's because they're playing the Warriors, but like they have two ABC games. One, you know, the first, it's this only ABC game this Saturday is the Warriors one, primetime at five, you know, Pacific, eight Eastern. Yeah. And then game four is the classic Sunday, you know, 3.30 Eastern game which is always a big game. So, I mean, they have some big primetime slots. And if they show out in one or two of them, their young guys will get exposure, all that kind of stuff. So it could be worth it. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be hopefully a fun sweep. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do we want to talk about, like, the ins and out of the series at all? I mean – uh, I mean, we could. <laughs> I'm not particularly excited about this series. I mean, what's your – I, I uh, Patrick Beverly and Steph Curry. I think I saw I saw your article. I mean, that's going to be an important matchup. Who do we think matches up with who in the starting line? That's the real. I was listening to uh, Yovan Buha did a podcast with Anthony Anthony Slater um, that ran on the Athletic, and I basically agreed with Yovan on a lot of stuff. Disagreed on a couple points, but I think how the Clippers match up defensively is at least the first couple games like the most interesting part. Maybe the only interesting part of the entire series. He thought that Pat would be on KD to start. Hmm. That might be the case. I would put Pat on Steph just because I just, I, as good as Shea is defensively, I just don't know about him on Steph. Like, I feel like that could be a recipe for Shea getting in early foul trouble and getting in his own head. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm not sure about that. But I can see, I can see it happening. I would probably go. Beverly on Steph, even though Beverly is really, I mean, nobody's a match for Steph, but Beverly's lost a bit of a step laterally. He makes up for it with like heart and toughness and all that, but it's not that much use against Steph Curry. Uh, I put Shea on Clay. I put Gallo on KD, and he is a bit slow to guard KD, but he does have the length. And he is a good defender, and I think you just have to live with the foul trouble. Like, if he picks up two fouls, I think Doc just has to stick with him. Like, Gallo will need to play 33, 34 minutes in this series at least, probably more. Um, and I think this could actually be a series where Doc goes small with him alongside Jamichael Green for maximum shooting. I think that's something that could happen. But um, anyway, Zubats would be on Cousins, and I'd put Shamit on Draymond Green. He's the worst defender in the starting lineup. And, you know, Draymond can do a lot of stuff in terms of passing, passing, passing and setting screens. But I think the, the strategy is mostly going to be to lay off him significantly and Shamit can double or help as needed or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, I'm kind of worried on Shay on Clay just because I, I know how many screens that he's going to have to run through. And Shay has already kind of showed a proclivity of just getting picked off easy by screens. And there was one play, I think, where Steph had a three-pointer uh, in this last game in Golden State. And Shay just kind of got, had, got like, nailed on a couple of picks. And uh, I, I just – I hate the idea of him running through screens all, all day to guard somebody like Clay, even though he's, he's going to be doing it with Steph too because Steph is so good running off picks I guess it's just kind of a a thing he's gonna have to do um I don't mind the idea of Shaman on Draymond I also don't mind the idea of Shaman on Clay even um, yeah that could that's the other possibility yeah. yeah so it's kind of tough to, for me to say which is which would be best I do think I think Beverly I think Beverly can definitely get a look on KD at some time and kind of do that whole you know even that Chris Paul type of mentality of kind of baiting Durant to maybe go in the post, which isn't really particularly his strong suit. Uh, but he, of course, he can just turn around and shoot right over Beverly, anyways. So it's kind of tough. I do, I do like the idea of Gallo on Durant. I, I think they're going to switch up some looks on whoever's. Going I mean, yeah, they're going to throw a bunch. But so we'll see what Doc does. Uh, he seemed to be willing to switch a lot of these picks last game, as far as who's guarding who. Uh, mm-hmm. With. On the, in that last game as far as switching Shaman onto whoever, switching Shea onto whoever, which is a semi-recipe for disaster. But we'll see what he does. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of not dead set on any one particular mindset for guarding the Warriors because I think we're going to get smoked anyways. <laughs> lay, lay off Cousins, lay off Green, give them yep. anything that they want. I love what the Clippers were doing last game by just letting Draymond and, of course, Everybody will, but not just that, but just letting Cousins shoot whenever he wanted. Just let them have their looks. Like, that's totally fine. Cousins can shoot however many threes he wants. If he loses because of them, who cares? Like, he, he sucks. So yeah. Cousins cousin sucks, man. <laughs> <He's not. laughs> I don't know if he sucks. I don't, I don't really like him very much, but he's useful in the right series and setting. I don't think that's necessarily against the Clippers, but there, there are series where he might be useful but yeah, I mean, they need to attack him on defense because he's, Absolutely. he's never been great at guarding the pick and roll. He fouls a lot. And most importantly, like, you know, him and Draymond, the, right. the Clippers' only real chance to victory, in my opinion, is just to infuriate the Warriors and just cause them to become unhinged. And the two most likely guys for that are Draymond and Cousins. Though KD is a, a third guy who can, you know, fly off the handle sometimes. But I think their best strategy is really just to piss off the Warriors so much that they lose their heads, and that's how they win a game, or, you know, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Like, if they somehow get, like, Katie and Draymond suspended for a game because they take swings at Pat Beverly or something, like, yeah, that's how the Clippers win two games in this series. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I kind of – I just thought of this, but I kind of, like, actually Shea on, Kade, on Draymond as the help guy because – He's so long, and he's good at making those steals and reading passing lanes. Yeah. I wonder, you know, the Clippers are going to get be completely outmanned in the half court. Their best chance of winning might be to just go for broken try for as many steals and forced turnovers as possible, even if it leads to some easy baskets. Mm-hmm. And Draymond could be their answer to that. Um, you know, Draymond is so much bigger just physically than Shea. Honestly, he could probably take him in the post a little, but again, you'll live with that. But – I mean, I think yeah, honestly, right. the sneakily, and this is another thing where I agreed with Jovan a lot. Um, I mean, I was thinking it myself, but 
He did say it, and I was like, yep, I'm glad somebody. The real reason why this series is so bad for the Clippers, even more than any series would be for any team against the Warriors, is because Lou Williams is a horrible matchup for the Clippers against the Warriors because they have several guys who can who they can throw on Lou. They have people who can shut down Trez, which in turn makes Lou's life more difficult, and they will just attack the shit out of him on defense, mm-hmm. yeah, like relentlessly. And the Rockets would do it too, but I think the Warriors can do it even better. And just like, I just don't know how much you can play Lou Williams against the Warriors. Like they need to play him because their offense is not as good without him, but like they're going to bleed points when he's on the court, especially when he's on the court with Trez. And like, I just, I don't know. Can you play him more than 25 minutes a game in this year? Gosh. I just, I don't know. Like they're going to attack him every single time down the court, basically. Yeah. Tough. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. It basically sums up the series. It's gonna be a tough series. I think we'll be able to be the to be around after this next game. I'll be off on Sunday, so we'll definitely we'll probably pod after the game. Um, but it's, it's gonna, worth potting about. It's gonna just, be a loss. <laughs> just let's just clarify. It's probably gonna be a loss if it's even if there's competitive or if we think there's anything to take away from it. I think we'll pod. If it's just a complete and utter blowout then I don't know if it's necessary. We could do like a really short one, just running through stuff and maybe like things to improve on. But I think in many ways, like I did write about this today. This is a series where like Doc could throw out the most questionable lineups in the world. And I don't know if I'd even get mad. Like I want him to like do mad scientist experiments just to try to find something. Like if he's just like, I'm going to do an all spacing lineup with like Lou, Jerome, Shamit, and whatever, and just completely give up on defense <laughs> for the sake of just putting out five three-point shooters. Like, you know what? They might give up, like, a 20 to nothing run in four minutes, but, you know, it would probably happen anyway. So, like, I would probably be frustrated in the moment, but I think oh, keeping man. a bigger picture, like, especially game one, I think, unless it's legitimately close and they have a chance to win and he plays it closer to the edge, if the Warriors are consistently ahead most of the game, I'd be perfectly fine with Doc just throwing random shit at the wall to see what it works. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so it's, it's going to be a quick series, but uh, we'll be around to talk about it. <laughs> I think we could go to Twitter questions. I don't really want to break the series down that much. Yeah, I will have uh, I will have an article out tomorrow about three things to look at. I've already kind of touched on a few uh, of them. Bless um, you. There's, there's going to be other stuff, you know, we're going to put out content. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. ultimately there's only so many ways to say the Warriors are the better team in, in like, every single facet of basketball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's, let's do Twitter questions. Let me scroll down here. We have a fair amount, I think. Uh, okay. The first one from at Ryan Marquis, I think. Who would you like to see take over for Ralph next year? So I'm going to say this oh, is man. Ralph in terms of game, you know, a, you know, play by play. I think most people would say Brian Seaman. I mean, do you have? I think that's it. I'll, I can't even think about about anybody else who also would do play by play for us. I think depending on what happens in free agency, I wonder if they don't do kind of like a franchise rebrand. Like, if they land Kawhi, even just – maybe just Kawhi, but if they land Kawhi, like, and another superstar, I might wonder if they go for, like, broke and getting, like, big-name media people. Um, hmm. I'm not sure who it would be exactly, but 
I would not necessarily be surprised if they go a different direction. I'm just going to say that much. Mm. I have heard whispers that that might be the case, but I'll be perfectly happy with Brian Seaman. He's good. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy with Seaman. Honestly, I, I'm still, I still can't imagine this. I still can't imagine it without Ralph. It's yeah. just weird. It's, it's, it's going to be brutal. The first game without him next year is just... I have no idea how I'm going to take it. It's going to be weird. And it's even worse that we don't have that continuity with, you know, the Anybody color else. commentator. It's just going to be a totally new crew. It won't even be McGetty, you know? Like, it's going to be yeah. like nobody. Like, I don't think it's going to be McLean or Hollins. No, I don't think so, so either. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be Seaman and an outside person. Uh, it could be two completely new people. I mean, if they're going completely, you know, they might as well get two totally random national people or from other broadcasts or whatever. But anyway, a uh, next question from whammy giveaway. Um, like, uh, let me see here. Um, he asked, does beating the Clippers cement the dubs dynasty? And do you think the 2014 loss to the Clippers was a fluke due to the Sterling scandal? Um, no, no, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think that the Dubs are a dynasty. Like they are. Yeah, now. I mean, they've won three of the last four championships. Um, yeah. You know, they've had the all-time best season. I think their team in the first year of Durant two years ago was probably the best team of all time. Maybe I mean, people forget how good that Cavs team was in twenty seven. Yeah. Absolutely. They destroyed the Eastern Conference. Like, wrecked them. They had an all-time great offense until, like, the Rockets of last year, I think. They hit, like, a million threes. They perfected the LeBron spacing thing. And they only won one game. Though I think the other games, if I remember correctly, were fairly competitive. Yeah, like, game, game four, they were up by, like, seven on a J.R. Smith three. And then the and then the, and Durant, then Durant, hit Durant hit two yeah. threes in a row, including that one yeah. angle game put them up. So they really probably should have won game four, but they didn't. Yeah, I mean, that Cavs team was great. Yeah. Like, a great team. And that Warriors team won 4-1. Um, I mean, they've had all-time great teams. They've won three championships. I actually don't know if I would – I mean, I think they're still the favorite this year. But if you put them against the field, I mean, I think the Rockets have a chance. I think the Bucks or Raptors would have a chance in the finals. Um I think this team is clearly not quite as good as the past couple of years, but they're this beating them beating the Clippers this year has nothing to do with their dynasty. Their dynasty is secured. <laughs> their yeah. legacy is completely secured. Yeah. And he, he mentioned the 2014 series that I think that series was a fluke that it went to seven, to be honest, like game game four in golden state was right after all the Sterling stuff happened and the Clippers got blown out. They clearly weren't they themselves. Yeah, yeah, they got destroyed, and I think it, I think the Clippers probably should have beaten them sooner. They were they were up in Game Six, I believe, too, at halftime, and they had it, had their chances in that game too, but they lost. Um, was it Game Six? Yeah, Game Six, the one in Golden State. They were up, so they had the chances there. They were a better team than Golden State. It was mostly because. The Mark team Jackson. very poorly coached. So yeah, awful. Part, part of me was kind of almost hoping the Warriors won that series. So they I wanted them to keep Jackson. It's so funny. <laughs> you could see the talent on the Warriors, but they just weren't properly run. Draymond kind of unlocked things for them. And, you know, they needed some left the following season that David Lee was hurt. So Draymond started. But I don't think it was a fluke that the Clippers won that series for sure. They were the better team. I mean, they were the better team that, year. that was probably the best Lob City team. Yeah. 
It was. That team was great. Um, yeah. Anyway, next question from Clipper Nation X. Uh, do you think Spiro Didis from CBS and TNT would be a good replacement for Ralph? Yeah, Spiro Didis is really good. <laughs> yeah, he is good. I think, I think he'd be good. He's a bit more nationally well-known than Brian Seaman, so maybe that helps. But, yeah, I mean, it, he'd be good. I'd be happy with him. Um, next question from Charlie uh, at Angela is, how much are the Clippers saving in cap space by not having a first-round pick, and who will most likely not get playoff rotation minutes or is it going to be a throw-the-whole-kitchen-sink kind of thing? So a few questions in there. They're saving some cap space by not having first-round pick because the first-round pick you know, has two years guaranteed and two more. And depending on where the pick is, they get a fair amount of money. Like a top number one and two picks make like a lot of money um, right away. The rookie skill contracts are high. The 14th pick would not be as much, but you still have a cap hold and everything. So they're saving some space, but it's not – really that significant i it's don't like think two two million maybe how much I, it's like a little bit more than that but yeah it's yeah I, that's not why the clippers were pushing for the playoffs um i still think that doc might try a 10-man rotation in terms of who will not likely get rotation minutes but i think there's a decent chance that chandler slash ty walls 10th man you know either of those guys are cut out completely and he goes to nine and it won't be chandler chandler's gonna play minutes this series I think especially, especially with Durant, I feel like that'll make Doc play him even more likely. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, it's gonna be awful. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if by like game three it was a nine-man rotation, or maybe even game two if the games are going badly enough. Though I do think Doc will try experiments, like especially in the first game or two. Like I think he might just randomly throw out Jerome Robinson for three minutes to just be like, see what you so, can do. So like, make me have an aneurysm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> to kill Chapon. To kill me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Doc is not a fan of the podcast. He's trying to <laughs> Sorry, throw us Doc. off. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I think there's a possibility he goes to a nine-man, but I think Chandler will be allowed to get minutes. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, next question for my dad. This is actually something I'm going to write about in my article tomorrow. Nice. So, I don't want to answer it, but this is exactly one of the things I'm talking about. So you can answer it if you want. I might chime in. Sure. Um, how do you think the young guys, Shay Landry, Zoo, will bear up under playoff pressure? Hmm. I think I'm most worried about Shay, even though I like him the best, just because I think the Warriors will lay off him. And if he misses a few threes, I'm worried about his confidence. But ultimately, I mean, they're all outmatched. Like, I think... Landry might also face some difficulties because I think the Warriors saw how good of a shooter he was last game where mm-hmm. he hit five threes in the first half. I think they're going to swarm him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Durant, Durant is just a menace against somebody like Landry. When they put yeah. Durant on him, I was like, oh, no. He's going to eat him alive. Yeah. That's really, yeah. really rough. I think I, hope, I mean, they're going to they're gonna put Steph on, on Shea. So, you think so? I think they're going to put him on Pat. You think so? I think they're going to put Clay on Shea. I think, I think they, like, KD praised Shea earlier in the year. I think they've seen what Shea can do against smaller guys. I think they might put length on Clay. That I mean, makes I think, sense. And Shea's already taken Curry to school a bit. In this yeah, season. I mean, I think they would view Pat, at least of the guards slash wings, as the least threatening offensively um, outside of 
you know, catch and shoot threes, which is probably accurate. So I think that's who Steph is going to guard. And he won't drive as much. You know, Shea could theoretically get him in foul trouble. But it's true. Hmm. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's probably going to be what happens. Part of me is worried that they put Curry on Shea and Shea can't capitalize and that'll hurt his his confidence. But I think I think Shea – I want Shea – if Shea can have a 20-point game, one or two of them, then also this this series will be worth it. So, or if Shea hits like seven threes in the game. That'd be great. Shama yeah. was great to start that last game. So hopefully Shama can – I just want them to do well. Hopefully they, we can have yeah. like two or three really good Shea slash Shama games from the series and kind of go from there. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Next question from at mouse of cards. What's Sam Cassell's future like with the Clippers prior to Doc's extension? I think we all figured he'd be heavily considered to take over, but with that taken care of, I'm guessing he takes on some interviews this summer. I really haven't seen his name mentioned for any of these open positions. There are like three open positions today. And as they expand their job searches, it's possible he does. But right now I have not seen his name, seen his name mentioned. I don't know if that's because People don't have an interest yet, or if they just don't think he'd leave the Clippers. But I haven't seen his name. I'm guessing he's going to be around. He seems pretty attached to the young guys like Shea and Shamit, especially Shea. I know he's been mentoring him and working with him a lot this year. I think he's going to be around for at least like another year or two. But I mean, certainly there are a lot of head coaching jobs and like lead assistant jobs available. And if he got another position, like it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I have no clue like what the market is for Sam Cassell right now. You would think that he. You know, I feel like he has – he'll have a good name and, you know, I feel like he'll get a head coaching job maybe sometime down the line. Mm-hmm. But how eagerly people are looking for him, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like anybody is slamming doors for him just yet. But he's probably going to eventually catch on somewhere. I agree. Imagine. And, of course, of course, like, Doc has already showed a proclivity to to kind of have his own kind of Spurs-type system where his – lead assistants become head coaches so yeah yeah um the doc coaching tree yeah um next question from at cliff city Two: do you think the clippers making some of these games close would make Durant consider signing here or do you feel like he's 100 percent headed to new york regardless him to new york kind of seems like a done deal dumb deal a done deal <laughs> and uh, a dumb deal i do think i don't know if making the games close would lead him towards the clippers but I do think if the Warriors sweep and every game is like a 20-plus point blowout, I think it could make him less likely to come to the Clippers. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything they do would make it more likely, unless it's like they win six or seven games and Shea and Shamit turn into like gods. <laughs> as much as I love those guys, like I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, I think we're one or two years away from one of them having like a Kawhi Leonard-style breakout in the playoffs where like, holy shit, this guy is like superstar-level good. Um, I don't think that's going to happen this year. And no. barring that or like a really unexpectedly competitive series, I don't think him leaning towards the Clippers in any way, unless Jerry West like corners him alone a few times. <laughs> uh, but I do, I legitimately do think the opposite. Like I think if they get destroyed in a sweep, I think it might make him less likely to sign, but all the, all the indications are that he's going to New York. The players did some poll a few days ago with the athletic where like, 80% of them think he's going to New York. And yeah, a lot of them probably don't know anything, but some of them probably have inklings. And yeah, it's every whisper has been that he's going to the Knicks. So. Dur- Durant's not coming to the Clippers. So. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd even want him to. I've badmouthed him for some I, I don't really, I don't really like Kevin Durant anymore. He's so good. I mean, he's 
Like one yeah, of the he really best, is amazing. best players ever, like 15, maybe even 15. Like he's one of the best players of all time. Like not even close. <laughs> he's yeah, he really is. He's an all-time great player, like pantheon level player. But he's not that fun to watch. And like I don't particularly like his personality. And 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 this isn't even just because he left, you know, Oklahoma City to the war. Yeah, to war. Really obviously, it's part of it. But the Thunder, when he was, a, when he was with the Thunder, they were – awful to watch like i hated watching the thunder after i, I kind of got thunder i liked them the first year too the first year they were there was a lot of novelty and they were exciting and they were so talented but man they just got really boring and just iso ball heavy and yeah. it's just not they're not fun to watch even now they're still not fun to watch so i think I, a lot of that is westbrook though i like i can't stand watching westbrook play. i used to love westbrook i think he's the one who have kind of soured the most on over the years like when his first year is in the league, I loved watching him play. Um, and now I'm just like, I just cannot stand his play. Nothing against him personally, obviously, but I just do not like watching him. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think Durant is coming here anyway. I think it's either Knicks or some other destination. Like, honestly, like the Bucks are like an outside possibility or something like Man, that'd be crazy. Can you imagine Durant together and Giannis? Insane. Oh, length for days. Jeez. Yeah, but I, I don't see him. I think this summer it's probably Kawhi or Bust, maybe Jimmy Butler, which both of no, us have no. a million times is not winning. No. Yeah. I think it's really Kawhi or Bust. And honestly, the, the reports out of Toronto the past few weeks Ugh. seem to be more like he's staying. Um, though anything can happen in the playoffs and you know whatever, but. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for whoever's playing the Raptors. So. Which sucks because I like the Raptors. I like the Raptors too, but I really like – I love Kawhi. I really want to be – They're not there. losing in the first round. That's not going to happen. But, they're, like, they're, if they play – it would be the Sixers in the second round, right? Yeah. If they lose in, like, five to the Sixers, I Wait. think that opens the door. Even Tobias, if they, do it. Even if they lose the Sixers at all, like, if they don't make the conference finals, I think it opens the door. Come on, no, Kyle honestly, Larry, I think you can do I it. The, I think they beat the Sixers, though. But. I think so, too. The Sixers are, are pretty flawed themselves. Yeah. So. But Raptors-Bucks, like, again, like, I want Kawhi to come, but I also really want a Raptors-Bucks series because I think that would be, like, awesome basketball. Um, it would be. So, yeah. uh, it's the opposite of Clippers-Warriors, I'm afraid. <laughs> it is. I saw somebody the other day rank, like, put them, the Clippers-Warriors series in, like, tier two of series to watch. I think it was, like, um, like Rockets, Jazz, and Portland Thunder, which are like going to be obviously probably competitive series. We're in tier one, and then like a whole bunch are tier two. And like, are you sure you want them that high? Like, there's a pretty good possibility this is a sweep with like three or maybe even four uncompetitive games. And I'm just, you know, part of this is natural pessimism. Like, again, most neutral sources I see are giving the Clippers a game. They have Warriors in five, but I just, I don't see it. I'm going to say... My official prediction will go out tomorrow. We have a round table. But I think my official prediction right now is Warriors and four. Yeah, and I'll give the Clippers yeah. like a competitive game at home. I'm gonna be stunned if the Clippers win a game. And this isn't just me being a Clipper pessimist, blah blah blah, which I am. But the Warriors, I would be very, very surprised if the Clippers win a game. Yeah, even outside the talent, like, again, I just think it's a really bad matchup, too. Like, yeah, Lou Williams and Trez, who are two of the Clippers' three best players, are not good matches. Like, they do not match up well with the Warriors. No. Um, I don't even think Gallo does, because K 
Haiti is a pretty good match for him. Um, really, I mean, I think the guy who, if anybody's going to kill the Warriors, I think it might be Shea because mm-hmm. they don't really have a great guy to put on him. Like, Steph is a little too small. I think he's probably quicker than Clay at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Like, Shea might have to have a massive game for the Clippers to win, either him or Gallo. Um, or Shamit. Yeah, maybe Shamit. But, like, I think they're going to really try to eliminate Shamit. Um, yeah. I just – I don't see it. I think, again, like, the Rockets way out talent the Clippers as well, like, by a massive margin. But the matchups there are much cleaner because they don't have the guys to throw mm-hmm. at Gallo or Lou or Trez even. Like, I think the Clippers could have legitimately won a game against the Rockets and made, like, one or two more competitive. I, I just don't see it against the Warriors. But, yeah. Yep, it's going to be bad. <laughs> And that's the end. <laughs> it's going to be bad, you guys. I'm sorry. It's going to be a sweep, most likely. It's fine. It's okay. We made the playoffs. We did it. It all comes down to this summer. It all comes down to this summer. And you guys, we weren't going to go far in the playoffs, man. Don't delude yourselves into thinking we would have beaten the, beaten the Blazers, beaten the Nuggets. It's, it's just, it would have most likely... There were outside chances. There were at least a possible outside chances. Outside but, chances. It yeah, was probably not going to happen against the Blazers. Would have been maybe fifty-fifty, and really just Dame. Dame he's has just good. been there. He's too good. I yeah. hate him, but he's like I don't hate him, but I, I think he's, he's one of the best guards of the decade. It was actually I was just listening yeah. to the Bill Simmons Ryan the Solo podcast where they were talking about how many All NBA teams he's won. And they're like, yeah, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I'm like, yeah, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Like, he's, he's one of the wow, best easy. scoring guards of, of the decade in like a stacked guard decade. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's way better than anybody on the Clippers. And I think that's what it come down to. I think I would have given them like a 30% chance to win that series and like 10. Yeah, but would you, would you trade Shea for Damian Lillard? <sighs> no, I would tough. not. Just due to age. Yeah. Well, it depends who they get this summer. Like, if they got cool, uh, that's really tough. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we're too attached to Shay. I'm very attached to Shay. 80% uh, from the line? Are you kidding me? Dame is awesome, but, I mean, Shay is really good. And Did Dame I shoot just, 80% from the line as a rookie? Yeah. I don't know. I have no Probably, idea. actually. Pro- probably, actually. Uh I mean, I just want – I'm with you. Like, if Shea has, like, a 30-point game against the, the Warriors, which I legitimately yeah. think is a possibility, it will all be worth it. So it'll be, it'll be worth it. Just give me a couple of spin moves on Clay, a couple of nice – A dunk on Draymond. A dunk give on me, Draymond, and it's worth it. Give me a dunk and a flex on Draymond, and that's it. That's and we'll all. quit. <laughs> and I'll quit. I'll quit at that moment. I'll quit basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's it for me. <laughs> all right. I think that'll be the end of this pod. Um the Clippers play the Golden State Warriors at 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. We'll probably be here for a pod for that game. Most likely. I, I'd assume we're at least going to have a little bit of takes on that blowout. So that should be a fun game to talk about. Um, the Clippers, uh, you know, are going to have some some games. So enjoy them. <laughs> Clipper basketball in the playoffs is going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy Ralph if you can get him. Enjoy Ralph. I don't know how – I don't know what I'm going to do to get Ralph. I'm going to do my best to find a way to get a get a stream of Ralph. My thing is I'm probably honestly going to do national at least the first game or two. And then for whatever the last game is going to be, it's obviously like even if I have to illegally stream it on some like shitty download, I'm going right. to try for Ralph. But. Right. Got to do it. And uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Law of the Gem. The podcast As always leave us a nice review on whatever you listen to us to on 
And as always, go Clippers!